Okay, so I brought one of the KT Hub women of God um, to yeah, whoop, whoop, right to um, to share something. This is connected to my message. The message today is all about the prison of your mind or the kingdom of your heart. Since Caddy came into KT, she's you know she's come under me and under her cell leader. And, you know, we've been parting, I've been counseling, and I've really been teaching her how to go into a new dimension in God. And I want her to share you a testimony of what's taken place as a result of her putting to practice some of this. Um, okay. So I think this was Friday. I'm doing this thing where my little sister started speaking in tongues, thankfully. So I was doing this thing where every Friday I speak in tongues with my little sister. So I called her up in my room, and we were just sitting down. We did some praises, we thanked God, and then um, we just started speaking in tongues. So it was going in, more than 30 minutes, just going in, and I just tapped into a different dimension, and I started singing. As I was singing, I could just feel like angels, like I was singing of angels, like it just felt like that atmosphere of just worship. And we were just worshiping God, just really tapping in, and I started, as I was like more praying in tongues more, um, I saw a crown go put on my head. And like all those imaginations are coming in and I saw um, the Lord Jesus just sitting on the throne, you know, wearing a red robe. And I just started just speaking words. I was like, God, you're so magnific magnificent. You're so holy, you're so precious. Like I just said, all those words, was just, it was like written in front of me. Like it was just all just coming out. And my, my whole room was just filled with the presence of God. And my, my heart was cool. I was just so pumped just being in the presence. And then just kept on speaking in tongues more. That's I was just praying. And just, I started singing in different tongues. I was hitting notes. I'm not a singer. But I was just hitting notes. I was like, this is not me. Like, I could just tell, like, this was not me. And then as I was just going in, just, like, um, worshiping, just singing this unknown tongues that I don't even know. I was just singing the, in a whole different tongue. And then like, I just felt like a channel just opened. And then I was just like, speak Lord. And then it was just like revelations of like people, like God had just given revelations for people, words for people, words for myself. Like he was just, it was just downloads. It was just downloads of just revelations. And it was just so powerful. Like I didn't want to leave the presence of God. Like, I was just there, I was just like, God, like I don't want you to go. Like I was hugging my floor, I was hugging myself on the floor. I just couldn't leave the presence. It was just, it was so powerful. Like I'm still in awe of that experience. From that testimony, I'm going to read Matthew 6, verse 13. And led and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Here's the bit I want you to focus on. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For yours, the believer proclaims to God, is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. How deep are these words to you? What are the significance of these words to you? I pondered this and I thought to myself, wow, uh, uh, how, what does it mean to, 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 to be in the kingdom? What does it mean to walk in the kingdom? And I was sitting at home one day and I was listening to someone say, listen, Andrew, because you're born again, you're in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is, is, is because you're born again. And I, I was pondering this and I thought to myself, there's something not right about that. 
I can be born again, but not walk in the kingdom of God. This was a truth in my heart, but I wasn't too sure if this was a truth scripturally. So I went through the Bible. I said, this is a feeling that I need. I need the word of God to, to set this feeling um, straight. And I found it. John chapter 3, verse 3. And this is when Jesus is speaking to, to Nicodemus. Listen to what Jesus says. Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Meaning, the only way you can even perceive, let alone engage with the kingdom of God, is to be born again. This is quite a spiritual sermon I'm going to share, so I'm going to try and use as many illustrations as possible for you to, to see the naturalness of it all. Okay. Being born again is as if you have a passport from a particular country that you were born from. Say, for instance, I'm Nigerian. My parents were, I was born in Nigeria. I have a Nigerian passport. Because of that passport, it is my right to access that country as and when I want. Even though I have a Nigerian passport, I'm currently living in London. So my question to everyone is this. I have a passport, a Nigerian passport, I'm currently living in London. Am I in Nigeria right now? No, I'm in London. Okay, meaning just because I have right to access doesn't mean I'm there. This is a fundamental truth that I need everyone to grasp before we go any further. Just because you are born again, just because you are born of the king who owns the kingdom, doesn't mean you're walking in the kingdom. Now, you may think, oh, but yeah, okay, that's, that's okay, but why, why, is that, why is he making this such a big issue? Because it's Christianity. When you're not walking in the reality of the kingdom of God, as a Christian, what you're operating in is only, can only be described as religion. <laughs> you know the right thing to do, you know what to do, but whether you're operating in the power to do it is something else. Paul talks about. Now the reality is this, the grace is available to all. But even the problem with grace and the teaching of grace when you hear it badly taught outside of KT, may I add, is this. Many people will say, well, you know what, Pastor A, I can continue to do what I want to do because of grace. God loves me anyway. But the reality is they are not understanding the depth of what grace is. Because grace isn't just unmerited favor. Grace is the ability to do what only God could do through you anyway. Meaning you need that grace to not sin. Whatever your sin is, you need the grace of God in order to elevate you above the, 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 the grounds of that sin. That's when you're using grace correctly. But you, can't, you can only use that grace through this one door. And that door is the blood of Jesus Christ. The reality is, everyone, is this. It's not about how much effort. You see, the, the, the ma- amazing thing about Christianity is you're not trying to acquire something you don't already have. You're actually positioning yourself to find out or to receive what he's given you already. So you don't need to strive for anything. But if you're going to strive for anything, strive to enter into rest. Now, the question now is, then what is rest? What is rest? 
And the best way to describe rest is when you are no longer the one in control or power of what you do. When you enter into rest, you're entering into the realm of God where he's in control. Specifically, you're entering into the dimension where Jesus is Lord. This is so important. Jesus is Lord. Now the reality is this, outside of the dynamics of Jesus being Lord of your life, you're Lord of your life still. And the places where you're still Lord will be the exact places where the kingdom of God is not seen in your life. Each and every one of you inside this room, each and every one of you online watching have been called down a path. And on that path is many blessings. There's many favours. There's opportunity. There's things that you could only get by God. And on that path, that path is the path of success. It's the path of victory. It's the path of overcoming. It's the path of the reality of all the promises that you believe because they're now manifesting in your life. You're on that path, not because of what you've done. You're on that path because of what Jesus has done. And you have fully convinced yourself on Monday. You fully convinced yourself on Tuesday. You fully convinced yourself on Wednesday. You fully convinced yourself every single day on what he's done for you. And because you have convinced yourself on what he's done for you, you now realize who you are. You are not anything that God hasn't said about you. One of the things that is spoken about a lot is the promises of God. The promises of God. And are you standing on the promises of God? But I tell you this, before you can even enjoy standing on the promises of God, are you, are you enjoying the fact that you are born again? It's so easy to, to think of, oh, I'm going to stand on that promise. I'm going to stand on, on what? That person, that person in this context is God, what God has given me. But let me tell you, on, in the natural, none of you would ever trust anything you were given if you didn't trust the person who gave it to you. Meaning, yes, God's got precious promises for you to hold on to, but if you're not having confidence in who he is, then the chances are you're not really going to trust in the key moments of what he is saying has been made available to you. So when the Bible says, my children are perishing due to lack of knowledge, it's true. A lack of knowledge of him. What you don't know about God, what you don't believe about God, or any belief you have about God, which is not true, is going to be a problem for your life. So really, all this is about, if you want to make this as simple as possible, all this is about is, do you know the truth? And do you believe it? Do you believe the truth even though all the people in your workplace are saying words contrary to it? Do you believe God's truth even though you've spent your lifetime in a household who have told you and have behaved in a way that is contrary to what God thinks about you? Whose report are you going to believe? Now, the reality is this. We live in a world, we live in a natural world, and in this natural world, there are many religions. I have to be honest with you, Christianity can be a religion, but Jesus didn't die for Christianity, the religion. He died for relationship. 
Now, what's really interesting about relationship is this. <laughs> you, especially those who've grown up in a broken home, your parents may have been married. They have a relationship. They have the title. But the communication, the intimacy, the fellowship isn't there. Meaning you can have relationship, but you, name, you may not have intimacy in the relationship. The fact that you're born again, right, means that you have relationship with God. But your intimacy with the one who's given you that relationship is the key to you walking in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God isn't a place that you can see. It's not a place that you can go to per se. It's not observable in a natural, in a way. You see, there's certain parts in the world who, that are under Sharia law. Essentially what Sharia law is, if you don't know, is, 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 is Islamic law that, is, that takes place in a certain part, of, certain part of a country or a city, it depends, right, where the rules of Islam are being enforced. Essentially what that is trying to be is a kingdom of Islam. Christianity doesn't try to enforce an external kingdom and impose it upon people. But the kingdom of God ultimately is this. It's the rule of God. The next question must be, where is the rule of God? God's desire for you is his first location where he rules isn't Hammersmith, isn't Lagos, isn't Addis, isn't Paris, it's your heart. And if he can rule that place, in that place is the kingdom of God. So, you don't have to travel to the kingdom, but you are encouraged to step into the kingdom. And when you step into the kingdom, you're now carrying the glory. In that position, you lay hands on the sick, you're going to see people healed. In that position, you pray for people, you're going to see answered prayer. In that position, you're going to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. In that position, the fruit of the Spirit is going to flow through you. Let me tell you this, brothers and sisters. The kingdom of God, I'm going to have to bring back my old R&B days. The kingdom of God is where the party's at. <laughs> Thank you. The kingdom of God is where the party's at. The kingdom of God is where you experience eternal life. Eternal life isn't just you're going to go to heaven and live forever and ever, amen. Eternal life is the quality, it's the standard of God's life. So when you live out, manifest the standard of God's life, you are revealing your citizenship to the kingdom. You being born again is just the beginning. Are you seeing this now? You being born again is just the beginning of aha. So I'm supposed to live there in that promised land. It's so interesting, actually, when you look at the Old Testament, the Israelites came out of Egypt, they came out of the world, and the aim was to come into the promised land, Canaan. And the reality is this was just a prophetic act that they were doing that really we in the New Testament can look back and say, ah, so that's what he was trying to do. The funny thing is, he's still trying to do it. So the question is this, how long is it going to take you to walk in the, in, in the promised land, in the kingdom? Is it going to take you 40 days or is it going to take you 40 years?
And if it does take you 40 years, if you're thinking, nah, let's make it 40 years, let me have, give you this word of encouragement and counsel. Don't make that decision. Don't make that decision. Listen. Everything that is old, that you do not want to let go, will be the very things that hold you back from the kingdom of God. So that means you have to ask yourself, what am I not letting go of? It's okay to have a time of reflection and ask yourself, I need to count the cost. But truly, let's think about what is the cost? Is ultimately, the cost is letting go of all that you knew about yourself. But the irony is, all that you knew about yourself, you said, well, I want to die to all of that anyway, because I believe in Jesus. So, if the old you was the reason why Jesus came in the first place, why are you still allowing the old you to be in operation now? I need three volunteers. Let me explain something. Come on. Come on, guys. Three volunteers. Raise your hands. Frank, come. You're looking at me too hard. Novado, Luke, come, come, come. You three, bless your hearts. Okay, I might use you, Jonathan. Okay, Jonathan, come. We're going to have four people. Wow, this is going to be a busy word today. Okay, so, whilst I'm going to um, uh, align these people up, I'm going to ask you just to keep your mind on 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 23. Okay, so that's 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 23. And it basically talks about your spirit, your soul, and your body. The human is a tri-state being. How interesting that God is triune. Now, the old man represents your old spirit. Let's just say it like that. You have a soul and you have a body. Now, no one can see your spirit, but we can see your body. So body... Come to the front, please. You two guys move backwards. When you gave, let's say, let's say you're just a body and Pastor Mark shares the gospel. You came into KT for the first time and you thought to yourself, wow, so this is the gospel message. Jesus Christ died for me. He raised from the dead for me. And I could just accept this as a free gift. So I'm in. So Pastor Mark shares with you the gospel message. And we see your physical body raise its hands because you've accepted the gospel message. What you don't understand or what you don't see at the time is your spirit, the old you in that sense. He's evicted. Nevada, please take a step out, please. No, you can hold that with you. Actually, just stay right there. Jonathan, you come in. Now, the great thing, I use Jonathan perfectly because he's so tall is that you've been given, hold it up in the air, you've been given a new you. This is who you truly are in God's eyes. When God sees you, he sees the son. Because you have a new spirit, your spirit is one with Jesus. So the father, just when Jesus says, the father loves me, because Jesus said that, you can see for yourself, because you believe in Jesus Christ, the father loves me. So you have this spirit. Now, if you were overweight when you gave your life to Christ, guess what? After you give your life to Christ, at that moment, you still probably will be overweight. If you didn't understand um, algebraic equations, the moment you gave your life to Christ, you still probably won't. What I'm trying to say is there may not be a physical change, there may not be a mental change per se, but there is a spiritual change. 
This spiritual change never changes again. It remains. Your biggest issue is this person here. Your soul. Luke's a lovely person, but what he represents, your soul. Your thinking, your emotions, the use of your will. That is constantly, that constantly has to be submitted. In fact, Luke, forgive me, I'm going to ask you to kneel down. Not to me though, but just, just, just to kneel down. Now, his kneeling down is a submission to the love of God. We spend time with God for God's love to serenade us, which allows us to lay our will down. At that time, that's when you start to be filled with the Spirit, as it were. Now, I'm not talking about the initial filling. I'm talking about the daily filling that you need in order to operate by grace. Your biggest issue in life will be this being renewed or not. This is why it's so important to come to the Word. This is why it's so important to give thanks to God, to give praise to God, to do all of these things. Why? Because it keeps the ways of the old out. When you live like this, surrendered to God, aware that who you really are, your body, you realize, is now a temple of the Holy Spirit. So everything you do will be aimed to glorify God. Now, the interesting thing about the word glory is so loaded, it means the fullness of God. It also means um, glory is to reveal God. So the whole idea is that Christ in you is the expectation of being revealed. But it only happens when you are constantly submitted. Stand up. Now, the reality is this. There's going to be times in your life when your emotions are affected by what people say and do. There's going to be times when, when what, people, uh, what you think about yourself will affect you remembering that Jesus is already with you. And in these moments, things of the past may begin to linger in your life. And you sin. Here's the thing that is one of the hardest things to comprehend in Christianity at times. And I want to challenge all of you. And at home, feel free to type your answers down. I'm going to check. Right. Okay. So, here's my question to everyone. Put your hand up if you sinned in the last six weeks. Yep. Okay. Pastor Mark's hand is up, by the way. Um, In the last six weeks, we've sinned. Okay. Here's my question. Hands up if you're a sinner. Brilliant. Okay, here's, that was the catch. Bless your hearts for putting your hand up. I have, my first question was, hands up if you've sinned for the last six weeks. Nearly everyone put their hands up. My next question was, hands up if you're a sinner. Most people put their hands up because they thought, yeah, because I've sinned in the last six weeks, so I'm still a sinner. Wrong. Though you have sinned in the last six weeks, your nature has remained the same. You're not unrighteous. You're not a sinner. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are justified, declared righteous in his sight. The reason why you sinned is because in that moment, you didn't realize who you are. The nature didn't change. You just simply forgot. So guess what? You thought you were a bad tree, so you produced bad fruit. But if you believed you were a good tree, you would produce Aha, uh-huh. take a seat, let's clap for the volunteers. 
So walking in the reality of the kingdom has got a lot to do with identity. Sanctification is something, I can only describe sanctification as the work of the Holy Spirit. Luke, the young man who was kneeling down, holding soul, he was living a sanctified life in the sense of, because he was submitted to the will of God, the Spirit of God, the power of God was working through him. He was being transformed each time he encountered the Lord at home. Each time, you know, it was the fruits of the Spirit would be seen in his life. When that happens, the kingdom of God is being seen. I want to bring up a lady called Banner, right? Um, Banner is someone, again, in the KT hub. And she is a woman who has been walking very much like how I've been describing, yielded, submitted, surrendered. And what I want to do, I'm going to stop teaching, preaching for a second, and I want you to hear a testimony of the power of the kingdom of God. Yeah, um, so two weeks ago, um, I went to the homeless, so there's a homeless ministry, um, went outreach, and um, I met a man who was quite unwell at the time, I didn't know, um, but I just shared the gospel with him, um, and he gave his life to Christ, but shortly after, he revealed that he was suffering with a stroke, he had a stroke um, for quite some time, um, and was in a lot of pain, and so I asked if I could pray for him, and he was open to that. And as we prayed, he just encountered the power of God and he just started moving his body. Um, he had pain on the right side, so his arms and legs, and he just started moving his hands, fingers, and then he just started walking and just kind of bent down, picked something up and started walking, yeah. So God healed him. Amen, thank you. That's that for better. Yeah. Thank you. The kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, peace in the Holy Spirit. Listen to where the kingdom of God is. It's in the Holy Spirit. So when you are walking with the Holy Spirit, the power of the kingdom can be seen through you. Testimony. Is it because she or Caddy are special and any different from the rest of us? No. Is it a pastor who can, is, are the only people who are allowed to minister in power? No. It is our birthright to release the manifestation of the kingdom of God and destroy the works of darkness when we see it, when we perceive it, when we hear it. That's what you've been called to do, to enforce Jesus' victory. This is the kingdom of God. This is what Christianity is about. Yeah. And it's not just about moving in power. It's having righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. Meaning, irrespective of what's happening, there can still be a sense of joy and peace in your life. So that means you're free. You're free from what people say. You're free from what people do. You're free from whether you got the job, whether you didn't get the job, whether you get the promotion, whether you don't get the promotion, whether you have more money, whether you have less money. You've got to a place in the realm of God's kingdom where you realize this is what life is all about. Let's clap for Jesus. So I want to bring back the worship team. And as we're 
we focus on what has been shared. I want you to understand this. Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 1 that you have been given all you need to live a life of godliness. Your spirit's been justified. It's new. You've been given the Holy Spirit. Christ has been crucified and he's raised from the dead. So you've been given a new spirit. You have the Holy Spirit in your life. All that is needed now, the only thing that is needed now is your participation. Is your fellowshipping with the spirit that has been given unto you. It's been given unto you because you need it. It's another, just like Jesus, but in spiritual form. And by his power, he can flood love and power into your life. So you can walk in the grace of God. And it's the grace of God in your life that truly reveals that you're walking in the kingdom. In that place, you realize that you are the light of the earth. In that place, you realize you are the salt of the earth. In that place, you can become an influencer. In that place, you can declare that greater is he who's in me than he who's of this world. In that place, you realize that you've been called to be an overcomer. In that place, it's simply an experiential agreement to God is living through me. You'll understand now when Paul says, it's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. So the reality is this, stand up if you finally want Christ to be living in you, alive and active. This is actually not a rhetorical question, this is an actual question, whether you're sitting at home or you're sitting physically here. Stand up if this is your desire for Christ to be fully alive and fully acting in you. And if you don't want Christ to be fully alive and acting in you, remain where you are spiritually. Remain in the boat of comfort. So take a prophetic act right now and step out of your chair. Step out of your chair. And this isn't by force. If you want to sit there, sit there. That's fine. We'll pray for you later. But the reality is this. You have been called to walk in the kingdom. You have been called to come boldly into the throne room of grace. Why? Because the blood of Jesus has been poured for your life. It's been poured. It speaks good things. So don't look at the other things. But keep your eyes on the most important thing. Because the most important thing is a person. And that person isn't a normal person. He's the person of God. 